It's 6.45 in the morning here in New York and the city is very much just beginning to wake up and get busy. Uh, my name is Mark Harrison, I'm the CEO of the DPP and I'm here on Madison Avenue in the heart of Manhattan for the DPP's Media Supply Festival. Hello and welcome to the DPP podcast. You just heard the first part of Mark's scene setter to our Media Supply Festival in New York, which took place at the start of June 2023. I'm Edward Qualtro, Editorial Director at the DPP, and I'm here to introduce our regular dose of musings, hype vetting and hobnobbing with tech and business leaders in the media broadcast and entertainment industry. And in this episode, I am pleased to share a series of discussions from the DPP Media Supply Festival in New York an event which brought together media companies, broadcasters and the whole supply chain to tackle and discuss some of the biggest challenges and opportunities in the sector. I thoroughly recommend that DPP members explore CEO Mark Harrison's key insights report, but away from the stage and his hosting responsibilities, Mark also acted as a roving reporter and he caught up with a number of speakers and attendees to gather their reflections on the event. As such, I will shortly introduce those gobbits with Nicola Greaves, BBC Studios, EVP Global Operations, Mike Palmer, Sinclair Broadcast Group, AVP Media Management, Melaine Cohen, Disney VP Content Systems and Business Operations, Margaret Craig, Signiant CEO, Larry Kaplan, SDVI CEO, Philippe Brodeur, Overcast CEO, George Kilpatrick, Overcast COO, Andy Schenkler, TMT Insights CEO, Hannah Barnhart, TMT Insights COO, and Perspective Media's Janet Gardner. First though, when he should probably have been getting over jet lag or rehearsing his part of the welcome address, Mark stepped out onto Madison Avenue to explain more about the event. And let's hear the rest of Mark's scene setter, including what I like to think is an authentic Big Apple yellow taxi beep in the background of that audio. Now this year's event is really the brainchild of our brilliant CTO, Rowan de Pomeray. He's put together a fantastic program. The thing I really love about the Media Supply Festival is that it's an opportunity to really get into the detail of how we build and operate uh, media factories today. We've got some fantastic uh, case studies from Sinclair Broadcast, from Channel 4 and from ZDF Studios coming all the way over from Germany. And then we've got a number of uh, thematic sessions around things like business change and AI and operational efficiency. And tomorrow, Friday, wow, what a morning of entirely interviews with people from the C-suite of major content organizations and from some of the best known vendors. So I'm really looking forward to two fantastic days. Mike Palmer, AVP Media Management Sinclair Broadcast Group, was one of the first morning speakers. This recording, though, is from the close of the event, where Mike speaks about how useful the 2022 edition of the Media Supply Festival was, and he also introduces the term FinOps, which definitely resonated with a number of our attendees. I'm joined now by Mike Palmer from Sinclair Broadcast Group. Now, Mike, actually, you were a contributor to this event, so thank you very much for that. You've also been here for all the sessions, so tell me, anything that you've particularly taken away from the last couple of days? Well, first in in general, for us, the 
side conversations are as important as the stuff that happens on, on the stage. And that's getting more uh, information and more background on what we hear about on the, on the stage. And looking back to last year's conference, we actually used that to inform some decisions, some in some cases difficult decisions that we had to make about direction and what purchases that we were we were going to make and and that was made in the context of the other customers and vendors that we talked to here so that was that was really important um, some of the conversations specifically that have been interesting for us um, the the discussion on integration of the business teams today so that was that was very helpful and we'll carry that back and help join up our uh, business and it, our business and our IT department into this new FinOps uh, pro- project department that we have there to more closely track our, our cloud usage. Yeah, FinOps is a term that got used today that I'm not sure is, uh, is widely used in the industry at the moment. It's, it's new. I didn't hear it a year, I, a year ago. I hadn't heard it. Okay, But whenever you start diving into the cloud bill, there's a lot of detail there and it's a very deep pool to swim in and while the technical people are actually generating the costs it's probably more more appropriate for the business and financial team to actually go through that and um, make sure that the the cost or cost performance is lining up with the technical performance all the engineers are focused on the technical performance if we have these people looking over our shoulders to make sure that that cost is also aligning with it that's that's a great help and there's also the the benefit if they understand the system that at least the price tag on each of the services as opposed to how they work then they can make some suggestions to us are you doing a, a, um, a spot purchase here you know we may be able to save some money if we do reservations and that sort of thing so we'll we carry that back to our teams and I think they're going to be receptive to that do you think there's uh, more openness to kind of peer-to-peer learning between broadcasters now than perhaps there was a few years ago? Sinclair has always been very open, and um, I've worked with Sinclair both internally and externally, and at, whenever I was working as a vendor, they were very open with us about what was going on and included us as a partner. I think what we're seeing now is that the, the, the cloud and moving to cloud is so new that we have a lot more learning to do. So even though those those channels and uh, willingness to be open were present before, we just have a lot more traffic on them right now because we're all uh, on a fairly steep learning curve. Steep learning curve, and yet the kind of the business needs are coming thick and fast, and so there's urgency. Right, and everybody is very focused on not making the same mistake twice. So if we can see the mistake that somebody else has made, or a better way of doing something, and take advantage of that, I think we're we're willing to do that um, because it's in everybody's best interest. I guess that's kind of built into your company and its DNA too, isn't it? Because you've got you know what, around 200 local stations. You want, don't want to see one of those stations making the same mistake as another one. So you have to think about that. Right. It, it starts within the group itself because if we have one station that experiences a problem, we want to make sure that's shared throughout the entire group, and it extends here. Um, you know, to some degree, the competitive natures are kind of left at the door for, for for some of these things, and we do we do want to share and then hear other people's opinion. And this has been a great forum to uh, to gather that information. I'm really pleased to hear that. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Thanks.
That was Sinclair Broadcast Group's Mike Palmer. Next, we will hear from Nicola Greaves from BBC Studios and Disney's Melaine Cohen, who both referenced how useful it was to hear from fellow broadcast organisations about how they are facing similar challenges. Nicola Greaves is here from BBC Studios. Great to have you over, Nicola, at the event. I'm really interested uh, by your perspective uh, as somebody who is a leader in the commercial arm of, of a UK broadcaster. You know, we've, we've talked to a lot of different kinds of media organisation at this event, and you might think they're all so different that actually, therefore, their problems and challenges and concerns are, uh, are not comparable. Has it felt that way to you, or have you found things that really echo for you? I mean, I think the probably the most, uh, the biggest takeaway for me is just how many similar problems, challenges, you know, exciting new uh, um, experiences that we're um, about to undertake that we have in common. Um, really, yeah. And I thought that the 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 talk that, that Rhonda did was absolutely fantastic in bringing that to life. Uh, it's Rhonda from Telestream, the from, new CEO. Exactly, and it wasn't really just about us and the media industry being similar, it's like how really supply chain, there's a lot of a lot of things to be learned from outside of our own industry and we are quite internally focused both as in, our, in our own businesses as well as, mm. as an industry. Uh, so I found that really, really interesting um, and I think probably some of the the comments we've we've had from from the is it Michael at Meta yeah. have been so informative. Uh, it, they kind of we're not the same businesses by any stretch. You know, he he would admit that as much as as we would. But some of that thought around not treating all content the same way, and you know, maybe letting go some of that that specialness that we think that we that we all have. And you know, his his comment around uh, it being easier to train a uh, a software engineer to be a, a media engineer rather than the other way around is something that really challenged my my beliefs which is that my talented team can you know easily pick up these new skills and, and, and technologies and, and run with them so it's something something to think about. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, change management as well mm -hmm. over the last couple of days. Yeah yeah. Has that been helpful to you? It's been it's uh, that's been invaluable actually because I got quite I, I wasn't actually coming specifically for this event I was coming to meet my team and it was brilliant this was on at the same time and so I encouraged them to come along um, and really a lot of the things that all of the other broadcasters and distributors have been have been talking about are the sort of projects we're about to undertake so it was like a really lovely way to to you know hear about that together hear that it's not just us we're not in and also uh, hear from them about what their thoughts are at it in a really nice relaxed situation which is not a zoom call between the UK and the US where it feels quite formal we can just chat about everyone else's experiences and how that impacts us and what's the same and what's different yeah and it's felt very rooted in in today hasn't it the kind of problems that people are addressing yeah there's not a lot of future talk going on it's very pragmatic um, does it make you wonder if maybe media organisations should be collaborating a bit more to address some of the challenges that they're currently got? Very definitely. So I think the, there was a, a was it Dave, David Clee, A&E, he was um, talking about the proof of concepts that they're, that they're running, um, a couple of them I think there were, and specifically he was asked a question about the, the, the IP around it too. 
um, and that this was uh, you know around ad breaks and, and you know when you've got huge scale huge volumes to get out the door suddenly uh, and uh, you know we're running very similar proof of concepts and it, you know actually preparing the data to feed those models was very very time consuming um, and as he said I'm just quoting him you know really we would all benefit from having those technologies move a lot quicker um, and a lot of the challenges are the same some of them are bespoke to your own bits of content and some of them are not and they're they're everywhere and I think there's probably something really interesting that we should be thinking about there because our businesses are ready for it they're you know they're more than ready they, they kind of they they, they they've seen something somewhere someone's spoken to them and they think we should be able to do it now and, and we're and we're on the cusp but we're not quite there so i think we could really accelerate by by working with each other so you have senior colleagues in in, in the business who actually in some respects are, are more informed by what technology could do for them than they might have been five years ago and that makes them more demanding very much so very i mean the expectations i think again it was it was zoe who said from exactly, Zoe said um, that the that the expectations have gone from zero to a hundred, and it's like kind of leapfrogged what we're what we are currently capable of doing. Um, I think that's got a lot to do with kind of you know pandemic and and just actually society's general you know cognizance about technology. So I probably get at least one or two emails a week from somebody who is not remotely interested in technology normally, of saying, "Have you seen this product?" You see that we can do this now. You know, this is this would be really helpful, um, and that never happened before. So that's you know, and it's it's great because it's you know we we we, we don't ignore it. <laughs> we have a really good and helpful conversation about it. But it you know it is very different to how it was you know a few years ago. We've just got to the end of the first morning of the first day of the Media Supply Festival. Uh, it's been a packed session already, five five different sessions. Um, I'm here with Melaine Cohen from Disney. Welcome, great to have you here. Thank you. Um, I'm keen to know, Melaine, you know, what have you taken from the morning so far? So far, the biggest thing that I've taken away is again, we are we are not alone in our struggles. It's uh, it's nice to have com company when it comes to realizing that the challenges that we see are the challenges that everyone seems to be having with keeping up with technology and the changes in our business in the last couple of years. It's happening too fast to keep up. Um, but we see the light, you know? We see other people have seen the light. The wheel has been created. We can sort of take away that there there is a path being forged and we're, we're, we won't be far behind. Yeah, it's felt like a very constructive morning, don't you think? Absolutely, because there's, you know, again, there's safety in numbers. Like, we're commiserating together. We're all work, working towards the same end goal of consolidating our content pipelines and how we can get content more efficiently and effectively to where it needs to go. So, we're, you know, we're all in it together. And does it feel to you as if the relationships between the customer and the vendor community have become closer and more collaborative in the last couple of years? Because that's the sense I've had this morning. I, I mean, it's very symbiotic. If, if we don't succeed together, we're not going to succeed. Um, and in order for us to get to that end goal, um, the amount of money that needs to be 
expense to get us there. Like it has to, it can't just be on the side of content. Like it has to be a shared, like research and development for us to sort of get there. Um, and they're not going to get there without knowing our use cases and being able to um, figure out what the best plan forward is going to be. We just heard from Disney's Melaine Cohen and before that Nicola Greaves from BBC Studios. We also heard from two CEO and COO combos, from Overcast, Philippe Brodeur and George Kilpatrick, and from TMT Insights, CEO Andy Schenkler and COO Hannah Barnhart. Both sets of CEO and COO duos noted migrating to the cloud and becoming cloud native as some of the major themes that most resonated with them at the Media Supply Festival 2023. I'm now here with uh, Philippe Brodeur and George Kilpatrick from Overcast, uh, uh, a, a very busy and active DPB member company. I'm, I'm really keen to know what the two of you have made of the morning so far. Well, first of all, it's great to be here and it's great to be here with our European colleagues and the Americans and everybody sort of joining in together. I think that's, I think that's really good. Uh, we learn a lot from each other. We, we do things a little bit differently, um, and uh, you know we're 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 here to we're here to learn, and um, you know the some of the some of the size of the of the deals that are being done, uh, and and the progression that say like Sinclair have done recently, really really show that the the move to the cloud is is completely uh, taken the you know the forefront of everybody's uh, processes, and and we. Uh, you know, we've, we've been cloud native from the beginning, and to hear that other companies are actually going cloud native is kind of, kind of an yeah, interesting it is, idea. It is. I think the variety is also really interesting from what uh, what I saw this morning. Just just in you know the three or four sessions that I was able to to, to, to sit through, were really um, you know from the the PA piece where they were talking about some of the smaller kind of companies they were working with to extract metadata to to, to use that. And then Sinclair at the other end of the extreme. I mean, they're both large organizations, but in terms of how they were deploying, uh, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, you always get that at these events, if I'm honest. You get that kind of um, uh, variety. And I look forward to the kind of this afternoon. What, what have we got there? But don't you think there's a particularly strong sense today of, uh, of both smaller, newer, younger vendors and some of the, the big established players both playing a really important role in customer owners. Well, and, and a real interesting part of the first of the big organizations to talk to the smaller organizations and to see the value in this startup and the thinking that they've got and hopefully helping them to you know, establish themselves. So I think there's a, uh, one of the things that the smaller organizations can do and that is go niche, right? So we can bring a lot to the, to the party by going niche and being able to say, okay, well we do something that none of you actually have thought about to date. Uh, and that's a, and that's a that's a big difference. You saw Embrace up there earlier on, and we were talking to AWS earlier, and they thought, well, maybe they, they thought five or six years ago that they should do something along those lines, but they didn't, right? Because they've got a lot of other things to think about. So Embrace went and did it, and they've done it really well, and it was a really impressive story that they have. They're just a small company, right? Just a small company started seven years ago. Same with us. Small company started seven years ago. And you know that's how we're getting into the market as well through really niche products. Right. So there's a real message here about be good at what you're good at, and if you're also cloud native, somebody will find you. Don't be everything to everybody. I mean, people talk about end to end all the time. No, that's over. That that game is finished. You know, yeah. AWS, yeah, end to end. But after that, 
you want to go niche. You want to have you want to have your product, and you know, and I think AI's playing a big role in that as well because it's allowing people to identify, you know, very specific things to do. Like for example, search. It sounds crazy that, but search is the, one of the most basic things that you can do, and if you can do it really well. Well, search, yeah. you know, search can be your niche. It's AI, but it's also the APIs, and everyone talked about it in all of the conversations today. Um, and interestingly, as you say, the, with um, Sinclair, you know, they had four other suppliers that were part of that, and they mentioned others. So they're chunking up that supply chain into those that they see are best at that bit. And it only works because we've got interfaces that allow us to talk to each other. So you don't have to have that end-to-end -end piece. So I think that's. That's the message I'm getting, and hopefully, and you're right. I think for small organisations, you need to stick to the knitting, as to use the old expression, and be good at what you you know you can do, but be able to be integrated. You know. One of the things that I, I like too is that we you know when we started out, we talked about no vendor lock-in, right? We we were we said we do what we do and we do it so well that that we're going to make it easy for you to divorce us at a future time, um, and we have to be pretty confident if you're going to do that. And there are, you know, we've, we've heard the big broadcasters talking about no vendor lock-in, that's what they want. And it's great because we're not the only ones doing it. There are a lot of other small companies doing that no vendor lock-in idea. And you know what, if, I think if someone's got the confidence to come out and say that, they have to be good. They yeah. have to be doing the right thing. It's interesting, thing. isn't it? There's a very clear message here which, from the customers, which is the easier you, the vendors, make it for us to get you out of our systems if we wanted to, <laughs> the more likely we are to adopt you, to in, bring you in the first yeah. place, to bring you yeah, in yeah. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I, you know, I think, I, I think the challenges are, are still around uh, a lot of the budgeting. Um, you know, we don't, we don't talk a lot about money in these events. Um, I'd like to talk more about money because, you know, it, for, a, for a small company, it's a very important thing. Um, we're, we're very happy to share you know, how, how, how our charging works. Um, it would be nice to hear uh, a little bit more from the broadcasters about you know, what their budgets are, how they budget, you know, how, they, how they go about trying to figure out you know, what, the, what the pricing is. Because how they prefer to pay, actually, as well. Yeah, because it's, 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 that's, a, that's a real challenging thing. And I think, you, I, I think, Mark, you brought it up right at the very beginning, which is how, how tied in is the finance department to the technology department, right? And I don't think that that is, I don't think it's really clear just yet. And I think, uh, you know, closer ties between the finance department and the, and, and the technology people. Because how, how do you charge? Do you charge by a seat? Do you charge by an API call? Do you charge by just a big license fee? You well, know, and and more, what, what do they, how do they want to pay? I think there's an understanding they should pay, but, uh, you know, it's not all, SAS isn't the be all and end all. So we've got to think about different models. That's really helpful. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've just both helped to provide uh, some thinking towards our next media supply festival. <laughs> okay. Thanks, enjoy the afternoon. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Cheers. I've also just caught up at the end of day one with Andy Schenkler and Hannah Barnhart from TMT Insights, who've both been in the audience all day today. And so tell me, what have you made of what you've heard? Andy, you first. So I think it's been, it's been an interesting journey for the last couple of years that we've been going through these conversations and obviously the last decade of these conversations, we've now traversed past the, should we use the cloud? How are we going to use the cloud? Are we afraid of it? Now it's much more about, hey, we've adopted it. Okay, I think we need to now start thinking really smartly about what comes next. And it's been great to just listen to people bring together the teams of, you know, whether it's third parties or their own internal, you know, feelings about stuff and starting to speak openly about like, this is what our learnings are from that. These are maybe things we wouldn't do again, 
we've we're, we've gone past that point and how do we kind of evolve from here so the conversation is now just starting to shift from what it was kind of repetitive over the last five or six years now we're starting to have the new the new outcomes from that Exactly. I think people have gotten over the initial challenge of how are we going to transform our businesses and migrate to the cloud, and they're now starting to be able to look back at actual data and trends and see, you know, how can we optimize and gain more efficiencies. I think there's been a lot of conversations around change management and how this impacts the entire organization, and not just say, you know, how is our engineering team going to tackle, you know, implementing all of this new technology. They've kind of moved through that. There's always tech debt. And new enhancements in the pipeline, um, but how are the operations teams actually engaging with these tools? Do they have everything at their disposal in order to bring all of those efficiencies really to the ground? Yeah. So, so would you say, Hannah, that it's, everything's feeling a bit more kind of practical and dynamic now than perhaps it was three or four years ago? I think, yeah, I think before a lot of it was um, long-term strategy and vision. People were thinking about philosophy and approach. And I think now that they've started to implement, things are much more tactical and they can kind of pinpoint areas in which maybe they predicted would be future bottlenecks or maybe predicted would have you know, been an ongoing challenge, but they can look back now and say, okay, we know for a fact that, you know, we do need to increase maybe it's uh, skill sets or professional development for new trainings in order to help team members excel in new roles, which we like to refer to as kind of media operations, which is a little bit of a hybrid of traditional operation and DevOps. Um, so there's kind of all of these new classes of roles that are coming out. I also think it's very telling that just how the world economy is right now and the changes that have happened financially for everyone. We've all had this lovely experience for the last five years of just go, 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 and you know, you know, move as quickly as you can. You know, it, it almost it almost doesn't matter what it costs. And now there's a very serious look at like, okay, we need to we need to take a pause. We don't want to lose momentum, but at the same time, we can't possibly keep up at the scale that we're doing it. We need to now be thoughtful and start bringing back some of those traditional practices that maybe got a little loose. Which you might think would be bad news for the supply community, but, but I it, don't sense it is it's, particularly. It's not, no, I don't think it is either. I think almost everyone's kind of taking a collective breath. I think everybody feels like, wow, we were really getting ahead of our skis on that. And it's like, how much could you sustain that? Like at some point, there's a breaking point to all of these things and you might have the greatest technology in the world, but AI became instantly the biggest conversation over the last several months. Some people are still trying to figure out what exactly does that even mean? Like what's the difference between machine learning and generative AI and how does that apply it? You need to really take stock in what you're doing. We know that the CFOs are starting to be like, hang on a minute, like, we can't possibly run at the pace we were. So it's almost really, a, you know, as you were saying, from a change management perspective, it, it gives everybody kind of a nice opportunity to kind of rethink some of the stuff they do, let things settle in place, and then take that next generation of stuff. So I don't think anybody's seeing it where it's going to end. It's just transformation of, you know, pivoting on, on what they've been focused on. Sticking with the CXOs, Mark also spoke with Signiant CEO Margaret Craig and SDVI CEO Larry Kaplan, who both noted the importance of customers and vendors coming together at events like the DPP Media Supply Festival. And now I'm with Margaret Craig, the CEO of Signiant, and one of the supporters of this event for the DPP. Thank you very much, Margaret. But tell me, what have you made of the first day of the Media Supply Festival? 
I thought it was really great. Lots of good conversations. And one of the things that we always appreciate about events like this is the mix of points of view from customers and from vendors. And I think you did a really good job of finding that balance and facilitating genuine conversations there. Did you feel like you were seeing anything particularly new or different that maybe characterizes this year? It actually kind of felt like a continuum to me. I don't think there was, you know, necessarily we had to talk about the topical things like AI and machine learning and this, that, and the other, but it really felt like maybe a little more leaning into the cost and efficiency and some maturity of some of these technologies. But I guess nothing really revolutionary. Yeah, but uh, perhaps some of the, um, the relationships that are happening now between, between vendors and customers are getting a bit more mature and a, a, a bit more um, a bit more common understanding about the purpose of what they're doing. Yeah, I would say so. And the thing that you've emphasized for the last couple years that uh, customers are looking for fewer, deeper relationships, I think we are seeing the impact of that. And they're just being less scattershot in their engagement. And then that leads to, as you know, kind of a, a more mature level of engagement. Yeah, yeah, and also vendors working together, that's another thing that's Yes, and that really is coming through loud and clear, isn't it? Is you don't hear a lot of um, trying to keep secrets from each other, it's really how do we work together, how do we find common ground, and of course there's going to be a little bit of overlap, but we're all in this together. Thank you for being here, it's great to have you. It was great to support the event. Larry Kaplan, the president and CEO of SDVI, and also the lead sponsor for our event. So thank you very much, Larry, for that. Um, but tell me now, you know, we're at the end of, of the best part of two days of the latest media supply festival, and, mm -hmm. and uh, what do you really take from it? I think, I think uh, in many ways, it reinforces what I said at the very beginning of the event, uh, which is why we, we we enjoy participating in the DPP events is that it was a great forum for users to uh, listen to other users, what their experiences are, um, the challenges, the benefits, uh, and it was a great success. But do you feel the dialogue between vendors and end users is, is becoming uh, more sophisticated and, and closer now than maybe it was a few years ago? Well, uh, absolutely, and, and, and we're having very specific discussions about very specific aspects of deploying a supply chain. It's, it's, it's rarely now a, a general notion of a supply chain. It's a specific point in ingest. I thought the paramount discussion about their they think differently about different applications in the supply chain, very strategic. So I think, I think we, we, as a generalization, I think as an industry, as a, as a, you know, we are, we are becoming much more, much more deployment oriented and sophisticated in how to do this. That was CEO's Margaret Craig from Signiant and SDVI's Larry Kaplan. Another experienced industry executive involved in the Media Supply Festival was Perspective Media's Janet Gardner. And Mark called up with Janet to get her takes on what had been discussed on stage. Well, we're now at the end of day one of the Media Supply Festival and I'm joined by Janet Gardner from Perspective Media. Great to have you with us, Janet. Thanks very much for being at the event. Just 
tell me, uh, what, what have you really got from day one? Oh, well, thanks, Mark. I mean, it, it was a great day. A lot of diversity and conversation, a lot of different industry views, both on the product and the buyers. Um, I think some highlights for me, um, Mike Palmer from Sinclair really was talking about their transformational initiative that they've been working on for two or three years now. Really brought us to the forefront on how various vendors are trying to support and part of their problems that they're trying to address that address the full supply chain from the point in time of a new story being created all the way through cloud playout. So that was nice to see an end-to-end -end view. I think that was a big highlight. Uh, another big highlight for me was uh, Associated Press, Vincent, talking about what the AP is doing, and interesting also how he was trying to take advantage of technologies that were being used outside of media and entertainment, really bring them to bear, partner with startup companies. Yeah, that was really striking, right. wasn't it? Actually, they were finding some of the British innovation happening in other spaces and then bringing them into the media. And, and recognizing that there is no one vendor in a space. So one of the key takeaways that he brought to bear was um, search is not a one-dimensional problem. They're actually using multiple ways to both index and find media, including um, Elasticsearch, and which the types of integrations you're seeing from a lot of uh, um, buyers, but the other being uh, they've recently integrated an AI engine to give them more contextual um, information, realizing that they still have to address how to eventually start to integrate that search across systems and deal with federated search. Today they're still dealing with it as, I have multiple products, that's okay, I can address that um, in the ways that I engage with my But that consumers. contextual search capability right. just seemed to end that age-old problem of how do you get uh, journalists and producers to add data to their stories when actually you've got something far better using AI analysis to create such ability you just couldn't get by any kind of normal tactic. Oh, absolutely, and there's no doubt. I mean, AI was a big term that people were bringing up. Um, obviously, huge interest with everybody in AI here and really trying to understand how it can be used. Um, I think another really good session was when you were trying to look at how um, people and machines are starting to come together. A really interesting discussion was coming up about the difference between automation and then AI and machine learning all the way down to large language models. And the difference of automation is not the same as AI and ML. Um, they can both be sets of tools and sets of capabilities that are needed. Um, and one of the questions that I put to the group is, how do you start to categorize the various types of services that you need to integrate across your supply chain so that you can really look at where tools such as AI and ML services can be used as separate from how do you build automation into your supply chain and then using tools and services to define those workflow. So there was some very good conversation around that and where automation can also be used in development for software and other things that you don't oftentimes hear a lot in this type of a discussion. And then I think the day ended great. Um, you actually had the ZDF Studios guys up as well as A&E um, with some of the things that they were doing. Um, it was great to see while everybody's moving fast and furious, we're still using things like Excel and Airtable yeah. and other traditional management, data management tools for the business that need to start to be still be integrated in as we make incremental changes with the business for adoption. Um, and I think ZDF Studios did a really nice job of describing how they're attacking the problem without a significantly large set of staff and also getting buy-in from their 
um, their particular consumers. So I thought that was a great ending to the day that kind of linked it all back together to a bit of a reality check in some cases as right. well as you know some of the more flowery technologies that are available. Thanks, Tony. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. Great day. Nice job with all your hosting, you and Rome as well. The last word from the event I'm going to give to Rowan de Pomeray, the DPP CTO and host of the Media Supply Festival. And Rowan caught up with Mark after a packed couple of days for a quick digest about some of the big themes and discussions. So Rowan, we've got to the end of the Media Supply Festival 2023. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you're the person who designed uh, the programme this year. Um, so how do you feel about how the programme went? Did it deliver what you hoped? Yeah, I'm actually really pleased with that. I think what we try to do with this event is to get a bit more kind of deep and specific on some of the most important topics that are affecting the media supply chain today. And, and we do that with case studies, looking at, at real-world implementations in, in media companies, and those are always super popular. People love to hear, you know, uh, how media companies are actually going about this stuff. Um, but then we've been able to join those together with some really relevant conversations, I think, about, you know, topics like change management and efficiency and AI, because it wouldn't be 2023 without a discussion about AI. But actually, that turned into a, a very practical discussion that we've through the whole event. You know, there was no no hype, no rubbish, just, just real kind of talk about where we see these technologies impacting the media supply chain. So, yeah, in that sense, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy. And then, you know, today, the second day has just been an, an absolute joy talking to CTOs of three major media companies, CEOs of three big vendors. You know, it's it's an absolute delight to hear what these folks have to say. And I think there's been some really great takeaways. So, yeah, yeah it's been a privilege, hasn't it? There's a lot of honesty in the room. Yeah, I think that is the thing that's really distinctive, actually, is, is you know, it, it's it's a reasonably sized audience. It's not like it's a, a very, very small group, but actually we've managed to, to create this this community and this culture that, that people do seem free to be quite open um, about what they're doing and the challenges that they're overcoming. And and uh, and that's very rewarding because that's how we all learn best from, from what everybody else is doing. You know, somebody said to me uh, in the course of all this that they've always had the view that you cannot put customers and vendors together on the same stage talking to each other it just doesn't work really i think until, I th until now <laughs> they've just seen how actually it can work i yeah i'd like to say i think we proved that wrong um uh, you know taking just just one example our first use case yesterday you know we had sinclair broadcast group up with three of their key suppliers and, and we spoke about a couple more um and and all of them uh you know contributed to, to the discussion, told us about the learnings they'd had from the projects they've done together and, and, you know, spoke a lot actually about just the working relationship that they've built, which, you know, beyond the technology, that's that's just as important to how you achieve success. And when you look back at uh, last year's mm. event, do you feel there's anything sort of significantly different about what we've heard this year? Yeah, I do actually. Um, I mean, last year was a, was a great event. It was a, some fascinating discussion, um, but it felt like... You know, the, the message was, was kind of like, it's time to get down to business. You know, it, it, there, was, there was a real feeling that there was a bit of a disconnect between technology and, and the business and the financial parts of, of the organization. Um, and we've heard today that, you know, there's still a lot more to do in that regard, but, it, but it's getting better. You know, there's, there's definitely a closer alignment. And, you know, we've, we've talked about that both in terms of 
how uh, technology projects have delivered um, the right metrics to, to measure success. And we've talked about, you know, the levels at which technology leadership engage with their peers across the organization. So, you know, structurally, how do you how do you ensure that these things are aligned? So it, it does feel to me genuinely like steps have been made forward. Um, I, I don't think we're I don't think we're done yet. But but um, but yeah, the message felt felt pretty optimistic on that front. And what's your ambition for this event? Oh, well, I mean, you know, we've grown it since last year by about 30% or so in terms of the number of attendees. Um, you know, we, we've moved it from from just outside Washington, D.C. up to New York, and, and that feels like a really natural home. You know, one of the great broadcasting cities of the world is uh, is New York. So, you know, I think we're, we're really just looking forward to to doing more of the same really next year, you know, continue to grow it a little bit. We'll be back in New York for sure. And, uh, you know, pick out the topics that, that feel like they matter most in 12 months' time. Thanks then to all of our speakers, contributors and delegates who made it over to New York and were involved in making the third edition of the DPP Media Supply Festival such a fantastic event. Make sure that you are subscribed to the DPP podcast because the July edition features an exclusive interview with Ross Video CEO David Ross, discussing his business and management principles, growing a company which will be soon approaching its 50th anniversary, succession planning, why an IPO in the next couple of years is the best future for the company's employees, customers and potential investors. And here's a little teaser from that discussion. One of the things I like to say is uh, everything I ever needed to know to work at Ross Video, I learned in kindergarten, you know, to treat the other person nicely, to share, to not raise your voice, don't run with scissors, I don't know, all those sorts of things. And I think for the most part, the values that we put in the code of ethics are universal. (laughs) 